0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Mikel Jimenez and Brian Bernard from Holland and Hart Employment Law about internal implementation of workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Kel Jimenez, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. It's great to have you back. We had the opportunity to have a really nice conversation around the legal uh, elements of DEI efforts in the workplace several months ago. Today we're going to continue that conversation and we're going to be focusing on internal implementation of workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Uh, I know this is something that you and your firm focus extensively on, and I really appreciate you being willing to come back on the podcast to share of your expertise with my listeners. As we get started, I wanted to share Mikkel's bio with everybody. Employers turn to Mikkel Jimenez for a seasoned counsel to proactively handle labor and employment litigation issues. Mikkel advises business owners and management on the full spectrum of employment issues that can impact an enterprise. She provides upfront guidance to help position businesses to effectively mitigate risk. When disputes arise, Mikkel draws on her substantial experience in state and federal court to defend clients in litigation, administrative and regulatory hearings, and alternative dispute resolution forums. Mikkel brings 20 plus years of experience serving as outside counsel at Cafe Re. Inc. to help startups effectively manage the challenges and opportunities facing nascent businesses, particularly in the food and beverage industry, is her passion. Thank you again for joining us again. Uh, Before we launch on in, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context?
1: Uh, Well, I would just like to say thanks for having me back. It is um, great to be able to have these conversations in this forum. This is really important work. And I can tell you in my practice that in the last year, um, and I think we may have discussed this last time we spoke, I've probably seen um, more investigations, internal and external employment investigations occurring. Um, and a lot of it is um, coming up because of social justice movements, um, You know, the Me Too movement um, in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd and Um, That has also started a conversation about what are we doing as employers to support our employees with DEI? And um, that is a noble cause, and it can be really tricky to navigate. So I think, you know, one thing for your listeners to take away today is this is not easy stuff. There is no hard and fast rule, and um, we're all kind of trying to make our way in the best way possible together.
0: Yeah, great. I, I think that's a great foundational framing for our conversation. This is messy stuff. It's it's hard. It's complicated. If it was easy, you know, p- people wouldn't be investing tremendous amounts of time, energy, and money into trying to figure out how to do this, right? Um, it is challenging work, and I think the most important thing we can do is to just start with an awareness and an intention or, around the importance of these issues. Uh, and if we believe it, if we believe that these are things we really need to address and that we need to be fair and equitable to our people. We need to have diverse staff. We need to have an inclusive uh, culture and and an environment of belonging for everyone where everyone feels needed, wanted, valued with uh, opportunity to contribute in meaningful ways. If, If we really truly feel that we truly believe that and we have intention intentionality around wanting to, to influence our organization for the better that's, that's a really vital first step, but, but we can't stop there. Um, recognizing our own uh, implicit biases and e- even prejudices um, is important. And that's important personal internal work we need to do. Uh, and, and I, I don't want to dismiss that importance because that, that really is vital. But so much, and, and you mentioned me too, uh, you mentioned George Floyd and the surrounding issues, so much of this is systemic um, so much of this is just baked into the policies, practices, procedures, norms, and culture of an organization. And so if we want to change things in a positive way, we have to disrupt those systems that are perpetuating uh, these types of inequities and, and making for a non-inclusive kind of an environment. So again, today we're going to focus on what's what's the, the approach we can take to really implement within an organization beyond you know, getting past the implicit bias training and getting past, you know, some personal awareness of those issues, which is of course important, but actually moving towards really moving the needle uh, in the DE&I space. Let's start with some of your perspective. You've worked on so many cases and so many different kinds of contexts. What do you see in terms of what works and what doesn't work when trying to implement this sort of DE&I change and culture shift across an organization.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that I have seen um, with companies um, and have really in- included in my best practices when I do trainings and when I work with clients is getting a really clear framework in place up front. So, and what I mean by that is the company needs to decide at the top executive C-suite levels, what does DEI look like in our company? And that needs to be the message top-down, because if you don't have top-down buy-in, you're not going to have total employee buy-in. And one of the best things that a company can do is decide: do we want to have hire a chief diversity officer who is going to manage our DEI initiatives? Or if you're a smaller company, or you want to take it a little bit slower, do we want to start with a DEI committee and a DEI forum. So really getting clear about what that structure looks like. And then the next thing is to be really clear about what the purpose of your DEI um, initiatives are and in your or your forum, or whatever, however it is you're going to set up that structure, because um, If you're not clear about it, what I've seen happen is we have a lot of people come to the table with really great ideas and it's hard to actually implement those ideas and come up with a strategic plan and actually see something happening. So everybody's talking and has lots of great ideas and then it kind of sputters to a stop after that. So having that planning in place the same way you would plan for and develop any other kind of a department in your company is important. The other thing that can, I'm can I can just is, comment yeah, on that
0: real quick. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely agree. We have strategic initiatives and in other areas of the business in different functions. Um, we're not, you know, we, we know how to approach this as leaders. We know how to run a business. We know how to uh, address challenges and problems. We have business tools, leadership tools, organizational tools to help us do that. And we can lean on those same tools. We can lean on those same skill sets. We want an evidence-based metrics driven approach that is strategic where we have a fleshed out strategic plan. We have organizational scaffolding structures, mechanisms in place to support what we're trying to accomplish. Um, all of that is important, just like it would be important for any other functional area or any other initiative within the organization. Uh, so in that sense, it's not rocket science. And I, th- and I think you know because of the sensitivity of the space, Uh, people are really worried about missteps and how that's going to be perceived with their people and in the community. And because of that, I think a lot of people become paralyzed um, that they just don't know how to move forward without the missteps and they don't want to do it wrong. Uh, And then, so then they just have more and more conversations and conversations are awesome. I'm all for good conversations, but we do at some point have to get past those conversations and actually start to bake it into the organization. So I think everything you just said is absolutely
1: spot. Yeah. Conversations without action are just conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and that is a good lead into what I think is the next really important part of setting this up within a company, which is education. There is what I've seen is there's a lot of um, confusion about What diversity, equity, and inclusion means. Because you have some people um, that just don't understand that that doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean all lives matter. It doesn't mean, you know, every point of view has to be focused on. What it means is we have certain marginalized populations that have not traditionally enjoyed the same kinds of privileges and power structures that other populations have, and we are trying to raise them up. And so that means, and it's a hard conversation, that means that we are not going to treat everybody the quote unquote same in, in, in diversity, equity and inclusion. So having a really clear education around what those terms mean and what they don't mean is important. And then, and, and that's things like really educating people about what implicit bias is. Um, Harvard has this project you can go to and take the implicit bias test for free and kind of start to familiarize yourself with what are my biases?
0: Can I add with no judgment? Right, it's private. You can just go and see. I I love those. It doesn't take very long. They it's across all these different um, categories. Yeah, and you can just see. And you know what? I'm a middle aged straight white dude. So yeah, I got implicit biases. You know, I try really hard to check myself and to challenge my assumptions and to be mindful about how I'm interacting with people. that the whole idea behind implicit bias is that you're not like this overtly racist person who's trying to go out and hurt people. It's just kind of baked in to your upbringing and to an extent your psyche. And it's only as we become aware of it that we can start to, to tackle it. Right. And we can start to, to take approaches to sidestep it.
1: That's right. And, and another, another good tool is educating the individuals who are going to be in charge of of implementation of those initiatives about what this looks like educating them about what a microaggression is that is although the term microaggression is newer in the popular vernacular in the workplace they've been around forever and so and they're very subtle and again a microaggression is not something that an overt, someone saying, I'm a racist, I'm a sexist, I'm a whatever fill in the blank is, right? It is being unaware that the language that we're using can impact someone who has been traditionally marginalized in a way that is not helpful. And so arming individuals with that language, arming individuals with that knowledge. And then the third thing I think is really important is setting up a framework for discussion. Because there are always going to be hard discussions, we do want to encourage individuals to be vulnerable, we want to create safe spaces to be vulnerable. And within that safe space there are going to people be people saying things with the best of intentions that are going to offend or upset others. And so, having discussed that ahead of time, and how you're going to handle that as a team. Are you going to handle it in the moment? Is everybody going to agree that if somebody says something offensive, someone's going to raise their hand and say like, ouch, that didn't feel good. Let's talk. Or are you going to agree that you're going to table that and raise those at the end and really being thoughtful and intentional about how you're, it's just like setting the agenda and conducting any other business meeting, right? So that when those arise, because they will arise, those uncomfortable conversations, you're prepared with how to deal with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I think it's so important that we lay out the framework and the expectations for how we're going to deal um, with those challenging interactions, those challenging conversations. Um, like you said, they will come up. Uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> how how proactive and uh, careful we try to be. People are messy, and and people uh, with these types of sensitive issues, people with the best of intentions, will make missteps even you know very mindful woke people who are very you know very progressive will still say dumb things from time to time even when they're really really trying not to or they they're really trying to check themselves so we need to have a little bit of patience and be gracious um with others as we're as you know we're navigating this but also recognizing that yeah it's it's not okay um to to say things that hurt others and uh, you know, these marginalized populations um, have to deal with things that other privileged populations just can't even really truly conceive of. Um, right. And 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 so, again, it's it, getting past the blame and just getting to, like, having dialogues around understanding, education around understanding, so that we can then get to the point of action and implementation where we can start to think about actual, tangible things that we can do and change in, amongst our teams throughout the organization to make sure that we're not perpetuating systems that are going to continually disproportionately negatively impact these these marginalized populations.
1: That's right. Yep. yep. And there are so many ways to do that, right? And you'll find the ways in having those conversations, if they can be healthy, productive, positive conversations, um, innovative ideas will naturally bubble to the surface, whether that's you know, your organization would have fun or would benefit from allowing people to put on the tagline their pronouns. Are they she, her pronouns? or they, them pronouns? Or you may want to um, create celebratory activities around Gay Pride Month or Black History Month or National Women's Day. You know, you will be able to have those conversations and have those really innovative um, ideas come up that are going to be meaningful to your company because every company is different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk a little bit more specifically then about how leadership can take a more proactive role in implementing DE&I. Um, you've talked about the top-down approach, uh, developing buy-in. I mean, ultimately, our goal is to implement a robust, long-term DE&I program within the company. Uh, how do we Like, what are the first steps to start doing that?
1: Yeah, so some of the key things that uh, companies should look at is involving whether you're doing a forum or a committee or however you're going to structure your DEI, you need to have at least one, preferably more than one member of your executive team involved in that. And when you, most of the time, what we do is we start with trainings to start educating people again about what is DEI? What are the different issues that come up? And having your management in those trainings is really important. Having them even sometimes start and introduce those trainings and say, this is why this is important to our company. As CEO, I'm telling you why this is important. As COO, I'm telling you why this matters to us, why this matters to our employees. And having them make those statements and being the face of DEI for the company, that's really important as well. The other yeah. thing is and to can I to also follow say, up.
0: yeah, to absolutely to follow up. Let's not forget that senior executives, uh, even the CEO, you know, the C-suite down through the the uh, managerial and leadership ranks, they a lot of them need this just as much as the average employee, right? And so when when not only are by having them involved, are they signaling that they think it's important, they, that they're buying into it, that it's, it's a strategic direction the organization is planning to go. It's going to be an expectation for everyone throughout the organization to develop in this area. Um, they're signaling that through their participation, through their, their direct involvement and being the face of it, like you said, they're also going to benefit from being a part of it. And you know unfortunately, I've seen too many organizations, where you have a chief diversity officer or maybe it's happening in HR or like you said, even in smaller organizations where, where there's a committee uh, put together, um, you know, and, and the, and the executive team says that they believe in it. They say that they sign off on it. They, they even say things from time to time to indicate that it's important to them. But to your point where I interrupted you is that it has to be sustained over time. There has to be continual Energy put behind it. It, it. You can't just say one time um, that this is important, you know, in one speech or in an email that goes out to the whole company. It has to be continual. It has to be sustainable. And if if not, then inevitably, what's going to happen is people's focus is going to shift to other things, and they're not going to feel like it's really all that important. Um, and especially those people who need it the most are are not going to, they're going to get the least out of any of these efforts that are happening.
1: Yeah, and I would say to your point, I often, um, in our uh, labor and employment group, we often start with a smaller training for the executive team, the C-suites, the managers and and supervisors, Um, and we spend a lot of time sometimes focusing on making the business case for DEI. And there is no lack of data out there to support the fact that DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace improves profits. It gives you a competitive edge over your um, over those other businesses in your industry that you compete with that may not have a robust DEI initiative um, and, and strategic plan. Um, we talk about the way having a diverse um, you know, thought, think tank, if you will, the best ideas, the most innovative ideas, the best solutions actually come up rather than having a more homogenous team set up. There are so much information about the business case and and this has been studied for years now long enough that we can see that over and over again that there is real data to support the business case for DEI. And then it's so helpful for management to have a strategic plan. Ideally, if you could have a five-year strategic plan, that would be best, but even a one-year strategic plan where you can say to your employees, here's how we're going to follow through. Here are the seven events we've got planned this year, or the seven, you know, small groups we're going to create, or training events, or whatever it is you decide you're going to do so that your employees see you're not just paying lip service to this.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a real pleasure uh, continuing the conversation with you. Uh, There's so much more here to unpack. Um, but we're going to have to leave it here for today. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. Before we close, I just want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, uh, find out more about your law firm, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay. Uh, So I am with Holland and Hart Law Firm. We have um, a website, we've got uh, LinkedIn, all the different social medias, our labor and employment group, um is very robust so you can reach anytime my email address is m jimenez m-g-i-m-e-n-e-z at hollandheart.com and i would say you know big takeaway for today don't be afraid of the conversation um and in the immortal words of Brené brown be awkward kind and brave
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the, uh, the law firm, uh, so many great things happening there. I really appreciate your time. I encourage listeners to get connected. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week.